Yokoso, welcome to Amakara Japan. Welcome, you listeners, back to our podcast. With me, um, as always, is Steven and Yasushi. Say hello. Hello. Konnichiwa. And we are still in our stay-at-home orders, um, recording from our homes. And Japan has recently had their own um, state of emergency. So uh, I'm sure many of you have already been at home, but now the government is supporting your decisions and staying at home. This week, we are continuing the last of our Getting to Know Your Podcasters. Again, um, we have discussed a lot of stuff about COVID-19, and we're just not ready to go back to discussing that just quite yet. So you get a couple more questions to learn about us. So hopefully you will enjoy this. If not, tune in uh, next week when we kind of get back into normal Japanese American culture, or excuse me, Japanese culture and Japanese headlines. In any case, this week we um, we wanted to kind of discuss, or in the prior two podcasts that we've done, we have talked about uh, Yasushi had lived in America, Stephen had lived in uh, Japan, and the things that we admired about that culture, things that were surprising, things that scared us. Um, and this week, we wanted to ask Yasushi, Stephen, um, and myself about what we would want to bring back from the other country's culture to our own home country. So, Stephen, we'll start with you this week. Uh, living in Japan and now being back in America, what item or what cultural aspect would you like to incorporate into America? So I would like to incorporate the study system that the Japanese students have into the American society and school system, because I feel that if it became part of it, it would basically equalize where you have a lot of students who don't really give much uh, time or effort into school here um, versus the Japan where like life is school. And if you mix those two, it'd be a good level of dedication to studying while at the same time taking time to have fun and, and be a kid and enjoy things. Um, the emphasis that the Japanese culture puts on getting an education and, and what you can do with it, I appreciate a lot. And I think that many American uh, teenagers especially would benefit from that kind of emphasis and realization that an education can help them go far. Now, I understand that not always with uh, uh, an education are you guaranteed success or without an education are you guaranteed to not have success because there are exceptions to everything. But really with how and Japan really uh, works on their learning and studying mixed here, I think it would go well. Now, on that same token, I don't think, I think that the Japanese students study too much which is why I say mix the two and you'd get a nice even base to work off of. So I really appreciated that. And I had to fight the kids and tell them to not study so much, but to have fun. So here I have to tell kids to please study and stop having so much fun. <laughs> it's a balancing act, but that's what I'd like to bring over. That's a great comment. I think you can say the same thing to the, to the Japanese education system, right? Sometimes we, we know that we, students study way too much and they need to have time to enjoy they need time to play with friends yes i think even with you know for japanese education system it would be good to mix 
uh, some elements of American education system. Yeah, I agree. This is why Japanese and Asian cultures are much smarter than some of the American and Western cultures is because they know how to study and they know how to study well. And granted, they study way too much, but this is why there's that stereotype there for a reason. Right. What about you, Yasushi? What would you have taken from American culture and bring back to Japan? Well, there are a lot of things um, I like about American culture. But one thing um, I was thinking about the other day is a willingness to challenge and willingness to to sort of fail. Mm. Um, You know, Japanese people, frankly speaking, are too afraid to fail or to make mistakes Mm -hmm. so the other day i was reading a news um you know what we're talking about is all about coronavirus these days and you know some western companies started developing ventilators um the companies that don't usually um make ventilators that they are like you know manufacturing companies um Mm -hmm. automobile companies but since their factories are closed and they can use their, you know, um, machines and workers to create ventilators. I mean, ventilators are needed um, right now, right? But when that debate um, happened, a lot of Japanese people thought this is a crazy idea because ventilator is a very, you know, sensitive, highly technical medical equipment. And you need, you know, a lot of expertise and experience to create um, ventilators that works perfectly. Mm. And they thought car companies shouldn't make ventilators because what if they make mistakes? What if it doesn't work perfectly for patients, right? And so there are some, eventually some companies did, you know, started collaborating with the original ventilator companies. But still, the ja- I was sort of surprised to see a lot of Japanese people felt, you know, hesitated to um, making ventilators. But this is a life or death situation, right? If you don't have the ventilators, a lot of patients won't be saved. So, you know, I think Japanese people can learn from American, you know, companies that, you know, I love the American spirit that they, you know, they think what's need to be done needs to be done. So they know it is not easy to, you know, create ventilators on a mass scale, but, you know, they are willing to challenge um, and change the situation, right? So I think that's something Japanese people need to learn. And I hope that Japan will become more open to, you know, new challenges. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, even on a smaller scale, it, you think about, uh, Japanese culture is kind of uh, very much if I can't do it perfect I'm not going to do it at all and that comes down to even just speaking like when we were trying to get people to practice English they would rather if they think they're going to mess up they would rather not say anything and so mm-hmm. I was like well no the point is to speak and that's how you will learn you won't always speak correct even native speakers of any language don't always speak correctly so yeah I understand what you mean by the the not the non-desire to challenge themselves because of the fear of failure. So it's better to not be challenged. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that of like, I, I kind of 
realized I, I could see that in like Japanese culture of just everything has to be perfect or we're not going to try it all. But I'd never kind of the way you were explaining American culture of like, hey, especially during these times of we're going to try something new and, you know, hopefully it works, but we're going to try it anyway. So that was very insightful. Thank you, Yasushi. <laughs> For me, I so I know I don't know if it was last week or, or the podcast before. Um, where I was talking about like the mask culture. I always really appreciated the mask culture in Japan. Um, uh, just, you know, when people are sick, they wear a mask or, you know, they don't want to get sick or they didn't want to get other people sick. And I find it really humorous that like a few weeks after that recording, everybody here was wearing masks in America. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look, part of Japan's already coming over here to America. So that that made me kind of excited. Um but the other thing that I, I really appreciated of Japanese culture is um, I remember when I was over there and I would like walk around a lot because I didn't have a job and I didn't have much to do. And I would, I would explore parks, um, just kind of the, the places to go and, and experience. I'd go to lakes and I'd go past rivers. And, um, but I would, I would find parks, like green areas on the Google map and, and go to these parks. And I remember just seeing a lot of people out and about in the parks, students and children and families. And there was just kind of this outdoor culture um, that wasn't necessarily, hey, we're, you know, playing a game of baseball, you know, because you'll see that in American culture is you go to your kid's baseball game or their football game or their basketball game. But this was just people being out in the park, um, enjoying the outdoors. And it wasn't Hanami. It wasn't like cherry blossom viewing. It was just a lot of people. And I really appreciated that. It was like, you know, they're not just indoors watching Netflix and playing video games, but they are enjoying being outside. Um, and I, I wish that, I mean, I think I'm seeing it a little bit more now because people are going stir crazy being inside with coronavirus. And so I like see people, a lot more people walking. And I also live in a state where everybody has a dog and they're out walking their dog. So it could be different in states. But that was something that I, I wish would come over to America is have that outdoor public parks, public areas to where people will go out and enjoy um, the great outdoors and something cool about that was that a lot of times you didn't even see the people on their phones like they were just out enjoying things and playing with their kids and such or just sitting on blankets but phones weren't out as much as you see them here so that was really cool too all right so then we shall present the opposite question what do you hope from the other culture that never comes back to your home country and we'll um we'll put this to you yasushi of what we'll ask you first what do you hope never from america comes over to japan that's a great question <clears throat> um like i said i like a lot of things about america i think you know we uh, japanese people incorporate a lot of american cultures but maybe one thing that I don't want Japan to have would be tips. You know, at restaurants, you know, in America, I think in also in Europe, mm. customers are expected to pay tips, right? And that's just, I don't want to see it happen in Japan. 
it's just so complicated and you know i can see if you receive a good service you want to show appreciation right but it has almost become mandatory to give tips and if you don't give tips you would be considered rude mm -hmm. and i feel like the the yeah the price of tips is going up and up in probably a past decade or so mm -hmm. now you have the tips i think used to be like five percent but now it's ten percent and in some areas like new york or you know west coast tips are 15 percent yeah. right and that's so expensive and you have to constantly think about after eating you know if the tips are included in the charge or you have how much you're gonna pay and you know you also don't want to give out too many small coins right <laughs> so you have to calculate it's just so complicated and it would be so much easier if we know how much we're paying you know and that's how the japanese restaurants works right you, you all you have there's no tips in japan so you you only need to pay what's on the menu and that's just so much easier and also it's not just the restaurant i think also in taxis or other you know customer services you're expected to pay tips yeah state, if right? you get a haircut or like any sort of even yeah, haircuts I, I oh my goodness and you have to give like a 10 15% tip <laughs> okay Wow. In, in defense of the yeah. restaurant thing. So, yes, it's 15%. And then if you have really good service, it's usually 20% is what it's at right now. And my brother was a, mm. a waiter, was a service staff. But my question to you is, like, the reason tips are kind of a big deal in America is because the hourly rate wage that a, a waiter or, like, restaurant staff receive is is lower it's than less than minimum wage there you go it's less than what Do they get less than yeah, minimum they, wage and that's and they, yeah, so, because they know they're going to get tips and so it's it ends up like coming pretty oh it becomes over minimum wage with the tips that they get but that is why they you tip your server is because they get like two dollars and 15 cents or something so basically instead of the employer footing the bill of paying them it's it's up to us to pay them with our own money for the service so yeah mm. that's kind of a frustrating thing what i get frustrated with is yep. when you have the um the the machine that's like what tip do you want 20 25 or 30 percent or other and then you have to be the the jerk who selects <laughs> other to put just your typical 15 percent and i'm like why why would you do this to me come on yeah no. So I'm assuming that Japanese servers, like, that you get paid better yeah. than, so you don't really need that tip culture. Yeah, they usually get paid more than minimum wage. Well, I mean, close to minimum wage, but above the minimum wage. Yeah. But, you know, I can understand that. That said, I think that's a different issue, mm -hmm. you know. You know, the, the servers should be paid more than minimum wage. And, and th I think that's the yeah. bottom line. And they should solve that issue first and then think about the tips and not let the tips solve the problem yeah. itself. No, you know no, I, I mean? completely agree with you. I think it's it's kind of foolish. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's my experience with tipping. But I, I can understand of why you wouldn't want that over into Japan as long as the service staff. Mm. Um, Steven's gesturing to me. Um, for me, 
the thing that I wouldn't want over here into America is I, I appreciated in Japan the sense of community and kind of everybody was looking out for everybody else. I mean, it was like, we're doing things for the good of the community. But the hard thing that I saw was that there wasn't a lot of individuality um, and kind of that thought process of, I would like the sense of community that like Japan has, but that not taking that opportunity to be yourself. It was like, nobody wanted to stand out. You know, the, the common idiom in Japan is, the hammer that stands up gets nailed down and the nail that stands out gets hammered there we down. go <laughs> wow i've been in quarantine way too long the nail that stands up gets hammered down um and i i didn't like that because i met a lot of wonderful people and had some great conversations with and you know, I got to feel like I got to know them more on an individual basis. But then when they got into like a big crowd, it was like, nope, we got to be like the rest of the community. We have to like, not disagree with anybody and just kind of smile and nod. And I didn't, I didn't appreciate that because I knew that there were just some very insightful, thoughtful people that really couldn't express themselves because of having that sense of community um, instilled in that in the Japanese culture. So I, I hope that, like, but the Americans, on the other hand, are way too individual. And I was like, all right, you need to have a sense of community. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, Michelle. And I think a lot of Japanese people realize that we have that problem and some people um, are trying to change it. I hear some, you know, um, people are starting to say become a nail that mm -hmm. sticks out so there is you know um there is a real realization that Jap japan should change but yeah like you said it's still a lot of people feel the pressure mm -hmm. to be the same as others and yeah we yeah. have that problem yeah. all right steven what about you uh the thing i don't want to really come over here would be the work is life culture Basically, you know, you you live to work. You don't work to live. And I saw that a lot with the I'm basically I was with teachers most of the time, and they would stay till eight, nine, ten o'clock at night working. And I often would see what they were doing like throughout the day, and I'd see them in the classroom. And I mean, no offense to the teachers listening, though I don't think there are any listening. So <laughs> sad on me. Anyways, I don't know what they were doing. But I think the idea was, I know they have a lot to work to do. I get that because there was always stuff. But the idea was that you had to work late because that's the culture. And so they, like work was created to make them work later. While most, like here in America, we're like five o'clock hits, man, you're out the door. Some people are out the door before five trying to get out early. It's More efficient processes. Yeah, it's, it's. I think that if a lot of the workers of Japan didn't have to work late culturally, that they would work more efficiently through their hours and they would get much more done in their normal eight-hour workday than they do in a 12-hour workday and it'd be more productive overall. So that is something I really don't want to come over here. It's just this, this work culture of you have to work late to show that you're actually a worker. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I I secretly think that I'm more Japanese than American because I love to work. I love going to an office. I just like being busy and productive. But I don't like sitting around and just having to sit for you know ten, eleven hours to put on the you know the airs of that I'm working that much. But I like I liked the Japanese work culture because it's like you're gonna go to work. You're gonna do this, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just more efficient would be good, and I think that would fix a lot of things too. I mean, heck, right now, look with the with the uh, the shutdown. We're not going to talk about the virus and everything, but it, I mean, businesses are still going, and it's just like stay home for a bit. You know, enjoy some time off, play a video game. <laughs> Y'all are the creators of so many awesome video games. <laughs> play your own dang video mm-hmm. games. Y'all are amazing. So do it. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 7 Remake just came out. Go play it. Also, Square Enix, you should endorse us now that we talked about you. We spread your word to 13 other people. We want money. <laughs> and this has been sponsored by no one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I think this coronavirus thing is definitely having an impact on the Japanese, you know, mind, mm-hmm. you know, regarding work-life balance. Uh, some of them started working remotely at home and they know how fun it is and how much better it is, you know, to work at home and being able to take care of their families. So I don't, I don't think the things will go back to the same um, for many people who have already, you know, started to see different, you know, who started a different sort of, you know, lifestyles. Yeah. It will be interesting to see how, Japanese like how the Japanese work culture will change through all of this of learning that you can work from home and work still gets done so not just the Japanese culture even here in America I mean a lot of companies weren't really keen on uh letting people work from home jobs that can I mean like your job super easy to work from home not great to work from home just because you're stuck with me all the time (laughs) but you know so yeah Anyway, I think we have rambled on long enough. Hopefully listeners out there have enjoyed getting to know Steven Yasushi and myself and our ideologies about each other's cultures and our own countries and things like that. And hopefully we've brought some smiles and laughter into your homes during this interesting time going on. Yeah. Tell your friends we want more listeners. (laughs) Anyway, I want to thank Stephen and Yasushi for uh, joining, as always. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in and spending 20, 30 minutes of your day with listening to us. And, yeah, we will talk next week. Ja, matane. Good day. Sayonara.